Thanks for choosing to spend time in the studio with Michael Card. What you're about to hear in this podcast was recorded several years ago in Franklin, Tennessee. Though some of the details about guests and ministries may have changed since this was first broadcast, the messages discussed in these conversations still ring true. Check out what's new with Michael's ministry when you visit michaelcard.com or connect via Facebook or Twitter when you search for Michael Card. And let us know your reaction to what you've discovered from this classic edition in the studio. This is In the Studio with Michael Card, coming to you from Franklin, Tennessee. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Michael, we're going to have a very busy hour today here on That's the program. Right. And we're going to have to call part of this program out of the studio because we're actually going to move to the Mercy Children's Clinic for a segment today. And check on what's happening in the community there. A wonderful ministry, an extension of, of the empty hands. Another topic we want to tackle is the topic of a very popular project of yours, the lullabies that you've written and mm-hmm. performed, and we'll touch on those during the program oh, here today. But last time together, we initiated a discussion about slavery, being a slave of Christ, as mm-hmm. it's talked about in the scriptures. And we're going to pick up part two of that discussion, only this time we've invited Dr. Ben Johnson to join us here. But before we bring Dr. Ben into the studio to have that conversation, I wonder if you would sing Jubilee and explain the context of why this song fits the moment. Here. Okay, well, this is a song that was written for the Fisk Jubilee Singers, and uh, it was an attempt to put together the the sort of the biblical background for Jubilee and connect it to the fact that Jesus really is the fulfillment. Um, the The Hebrew word Jubilee uh, is means trumpet sound, mm-hmm. and in the song it says Jesus' voice is like a trumpet sound that tells us we're free, and all the things that Jubilee proclaimed, you know, uh, cancellation of debt, freedom from slavery, and a year of of, of rest and celebration. Uh, all those things, Jesus, he's canceled our debt to sin. He's freed us from our slavery of sin, and he's announced, you know, that the kingdom of God's here. So Jesus is our jubilee. All those themes in this song. Actually, this is a live performance at Cedarville University, right. Michael. We were together there mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and now uh, we're going to play it back. And Ken Lewis was with us as well, playing percussion on this particular song. Jubilee, here's Michael Carr. provided for a time for the slaves to be set free for the debts to all be canceled so his chosen ones could see his deep desire was for forgiveness he longed to see their liberty and his yearning was embodied in the year of jubilee this your part jubilee jubilee jesus is the Jubilee, debts forgiven, slaves set free, Jesus is our Jubilee. At the Lord's appointed time, his deep desire became a man. The heart of all true jubilation And with joy we understand In his voice we hear a trumpet sound That tells us we are free He is the incarnation Of the year of jubilee Go! Jubilee! 
at Cedarville University, Michael Card, who's really in the studio with us today. Yep. And we're looking forward to the conversation to come with Dr. Ben Johnson, picking up on that theme of slaves being set free, Michael. Yeah, we looked uh, briefly last week at uh, the, how, how uh, basic the notion of slavery is to understanding what it means to be a Christian, how Jesus presents himself as a slave. Paul calls himself a slave to Christ, how... Uh, uh, slave uh, slaves were uh, a part of the leadership of the early church. Uh, uh, Onesimus, uh, the slave that Paul wrote the letter for uh, Philemon, uh, becomes a bishop of the church of Ephesus. Mm-hmm. And it's just an important uh, topic, and so often translations uh, will soften the word slave and turn it into servant, and there, and those sorts of issues are involved. We we have much to learn. We have much to understand about what it means to be a slave to Christ. And so what I wanted to do was have Dr. Ben Johnson, uh, who is really an expert on slavery, an expert on uh, Negro spirituals and, and that whole era, that whole sad era of American history. Uh, I wanted Ben to come and help us to understand in, in a more modern sense uh, the impact that slavery had on the church in America and, and the positives, uh, what, what the black church has to offer us in terms of its understanding of slavery. So, Ben... Thank you for coming. Glad to be here to participate in this. Got your Bible open already. Controversy, yes. Yeah, Yeah, well, well, talk to us, Ben. Um, You know, we've uh, been part of the Empty Hands Fellowship for a Mm -hmm. long time. I I can remember the first time we prayed together. You prayed and you you called Jesus Master. And I'd never heard anybody call Jesus Mm -hmm. Master. And I asked Ben, I said, what, you know, what's it? He'd say, well, that that came out of the times of slavery when the slaves would call Jesus master to let the master know. He was not their master. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. And that's where I started with this. It was a little bit of a satire uh, because um, slavery means someone owns you. Hmm. But um, I like what uh, some of the old folks would say, uh, master, you have my body but you don't have my soul and my spirit. Mm. My soul am free. Mm. And therefore, uh, they knew they were in a foreign country, a foreign land, and all that good stuff. But And they knew that they were prisoners. But what happened to them gave them a freedom and also can stand the horrible life is that they heard the master's uh, pastor preach about the word of God. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they relate themselves to the nation of Israel, see. And therefore, to them, uh, slavery was here, but not there. Mm-hmm. And many times, they would, slavery would use songs uh, to say, I'm going to heaven. For instance, 
the old song called Deep River. Well, isn't that you know the deep river was not a river; mm-hmm. it was the Atlantic Ocean. Ah, see, okay. and they want to go back all over the Atlantic Ocean, back to Africa, back to their country, back to and they be buried in the land with their ancestors. Mm. That's very important. Mm. I think of go down Moses. Uh, the thing was, all the abolitionists and also uh, Grandma Moses and 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 uh, other women who led them free, mm-hmm. they were called Moses. So the, so Egypt was the plantation, see? Ah. and Pharaoh was the master. Uh-huh. But what led him out of that was Moses, what, Grandma what? Moses and... Harriet Tubman and that, all the rest, that yeah. That's correct, see. What about just a verse of that? When Israel was in Egypt land, let my people go. Oppressed so hard they could not stand. Let my people go. Go down, Moses. Wait down in Egypt land. Tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. Like that, that was. That was a satire. Mm. They were so happy. Now, also, and they well, they could sing that song in the presence of uh, mm-hmm. masters and, and slave he, drivers, and he'd have no clue right what was going head. on. <laughs> Good way to let For off a instance, little steam. Huh? Uh, uh, let's say we're going to go. We're go- now Grandma Moses and the women, the people that can take us up north. They could tell by singing songs. What time is going to meet and yeah. where? I will arise and go to Jesus is one of those. That's one other. Yep. It's called mm-hmm. honor, honor. Mm-hmm. I prayed all day. I prayed all night. Midnight dew, early in the morning, we'll be baptized. So, by the way, they could send a message throughout the state from plantation to plantation by singing Negro spirituals. Just singing in the field. Yes. And uh-huh. at night. We, we, oh, they're so happy. Look at this. They're singing and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> there was they communicating. Well, and and I, I learned this. Whenever it was a full moon, you mm-hmm. you worked all night. As mm-hmm. long as it was there was light to work. Yes, the yes. slaves were forced yes, to work. Yes, yes. So sometimes they'd work all night yes. long. And you see, uh, the church was a silent institution, and they mm-hmm. and during the churches, pastors would sing a melody and put words to it. Mm-hmm. That's right. There are over there are six thousand Negro spirits. I know about fifty of them. Mm. And so when we preach now, sometimes when I preach, I will break out. I'll sing a a, a hymn, part of a hymn, or I'll sing a line of a Negro spiritual. Mm-hmm. I do even now. Mm-hmm. See, and so therefore, and many times the mass will have one listening. So they'll be preaching and giving the message through song. What we're going to meet at, see, he mm-hmm. knows what's going on, see. Mm. Now, and so the church was the slave's free time. Mm. Uh, now, first of all, the spiritual, first of all, were just songs about Israel and the Old Testament to get away. It was later on that became spiritual mm-hmm. for what? Development. Okay, so they started out as code 
That's right. Uh-huh. But then the great other found, for instance, uh-huh. uh, there's a song called um, "Send Out Your Light." Mm-hmm. It's a gospel message. Also, part of deep, it's a gospel message like that. So there's a lot of things, and many times uh, they would be so oppressed, and they would hear uh, the pastor preaching about Jesus walking with poor folks. Mm-hmm. They were saying that thing song. I want Jesus to walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me along my pilgrim journey. You see, they mm. they literally made mm. the gospel into their lives personal. Mm-hmm. And overflowed in overflowed. music. Something like mm-hmm. 95% of Negro spirituals are biblically based. Mm-hmm. In the world, that's see. Now, that's that's one of the rich legacies that the, the black church has to offer us, but this is what I would, I would like to explore. If we need to understand what it means to be a slave to Christ, is there something we can look back uh, from the slave experience and have them help us to understand what it means to be a slave to Christ? Yes, because I said this before. Master, mm-hmm. you got my body, but my soul am free. Mm-hmm. Now check that out. Mm-hmm. And many times this is very this made the master very angry because they could really sing with jubilee, so happy. Yeah, how can you be happy? This is it. Sure. Yeah. Now, again, illustration. Uh, many times they would sing the song called Every Time I Feel the Spirit, and I will pray. Now, after a long day, maybe the back all lacerated like that, and they would, they would sing these songs of joy and clapping like that, and they'd feel so good. You want to pray. They'd feel the spirit of joy because of the singing of the hymns of hope. Therefore, they forgot mm. what the pain they were singing. Mm. You see. Now, we need to learn that. Mm. We see. need, I mean. Now, illustration. Uh, Job is a good illustration of that. Job, he lost his sons, his daughters, his servants, and his cattle. What God says, they went, went home, he tore off his clothes, prostrate, and he worshiped yeah. God. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. Mm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So the slave, he realized he can't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. So are and, we gonna, and like Job, he had lost everything the, you could lose? That's right, yes. Yeah. So, therefore, so therefore, the slave said, well, I know there is a heaven. Mm-hmm. Why? What's the heaven? Because there's no V, no sound V. Just like in Richard Wagner, there's no W sound in the German language. Mm-hmm. It's V, Richard Wagner. So therefore, uh, they would sing, knowing there is a heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, also for a while, heaven was what going back over the deep river, mm-hmm. back to the tribe. Mm-hmm. But then, for real. When they realized the preacher would go and preach, that heaven is a it's a real place. Mm-hmm. Then they go back to the book of Revelation here, oh, what a beautiful city, 12 gates, so forth. Therefore, they knew there was a heaven 
Let me say it another way. They, without philosophy and theology and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. they had a big picture of their situation. That mm-hmm. is why we could say master, Jesus. Why? Because the big picture, he is master. He is Lord. So the poor little master on the planet, he ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. Why? He's got the whole world in his hand. You and me in his hand. <laughs> Therefore, mm-hmm. so the slave, without being sophisticated in theology, mm-hmm. he had he had the big picture of life. Amazing. But mm-hmm. with that picture of life, he could see a lot of stuff. Well, isn't it interesting that Paul, when he would talk to, to masters and slaves, what his word to masters was, you need to realize that you have a master, too. That's right. So even, you know. Colossians 3. A master yeah. in heaven. This yeah. is it. And so when the slave realized that there was a literal heaven and earth as a little as a little piece of dust, mm. I'm not going to let the master make me miss Jesus. Hmm. So he's got my body, but he ain't got my soul. Hmm. Talking with Dr. Ben Johnson today in the studio with Michael Card. Uh, Dr. Ben, when you read scriptures then, you mentioned Colossians chapter Mm -hmm. 3. We read that last week Mm -hmm. in the first part of chapter Mm 4. In this imagery of being a slave of Christ, Mm -hmm. given the backdrop of American slavery, Mm -hmm. does that pose any problems for you? How do you you read that? How do you process that? Well, first of all, I go to uh, Acts chapter... 13, it says, In the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Minion, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now here, I got, I heard this, this is a last night Dr. George Grant spoke. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, he was more than dynamite. He was he was a nuclear bomb. <laughs> <laughs> We've had George on the program before. I think the listeners know. George. And so therefore, he brought out, and now I realized also that he just affirmed it. Uh, see, two of those men were Hamanites mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the tribe of Ham. That's right. Uh-huh. Simeon called the black man. That's right. right? Yeah. And and Lucius of Cyrene. Mm-hmm. See, and so therefore, in the early church. There was a multi-ethnical leadership and relationship. Mm-hmm. Wow. Therefore, you see, I said, so therefore, when we realized that was true, and also when we realized that Jesus had one Canaanite, okay, therefore... Simon. When, Simon. Yes. Then, then also the tribe of Judah had four Hamites in them. Mm-hmm. See, then Melchizedek. And then some of the people in the Old Testament, you realize that we were not a non-existent reality in the life of ancient history or Jewish history. How is it we miss this thread, though, in Scripture? I mean, you're bringing this out. For many people, this would be the first time they've heard something like this. Well, let me tell you what happened at Moody. Uh, In one class, I went to Genesis chapter 14, and I shared how that... uh, that Jesus Christ uh, had no problems with Afro-Americans or Hamitic because he used a social function of uh, Canaanite people, which was that they always gave to visitors wine and bread. Mm-hmm. So Jesus uses a, a Hamitic culture for the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. See, that boosts people's minds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
But the simple is, when the slave realized that Master Jesus was was more powerful, greater than Master John, when they realized that heaven is a place to go, and the angel come by and take me away, then he said, "Then I can stand this. Oh, okay, yeah. I can stand this." Okay. See? Well, apply. Can you apply that for us now? I mean, because I know there are people. That right. are, there are people that are listening that All say right. this has nothing well, to do with me. All right. Let me tell All you right. now. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I mean, down at the con uh, at the cotton uh, uh, plantation, I met a man there. His name is Craig. He is a brilliant man. He's a tremendous man of old old uh, Western music. Mm-hmm. He can he can also yodel. Fantastic. <laughs> but in a contest, he even though he was best, but give it what to another man, white man, myself. I've been in situations where because of my color, not because of what I could do, I was by. They knew I was better. They knew that, mm-hmm. but they give the other person. So we live with that today. This is a phenomenon today in America. Mm-hmm. I can be as, I must be better than to be equal to a white man in many things in, mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. See, but what, so what, what I live with it? I realize this that it says in Colossians three seventeen, do whatever you do with word, or do you do it in the name of who? Jesus. It says, verse 23, do it as unto God. So whatever I do, whether it's washing cars or washing boots or house cleaning, I'm doing it as unto the Lord. Therefore, what I do in washing dishes or shining shoes, I'm going to get credit for it. Mm-hmm. And that's my strength. Well, what I've lost here in the last 20 years. But I said, Lord, I'm on earth as your servant, as your witness of your reality. Mm-hmm. I cry and going into hell. You realize the master you're serving is Christ. This is it. This is it. Mm-hmm. And I know to to move down from Chicago down to uh, Nashville with my son, the Dr. Vanderbilt, I turned one hundred ten thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. People said, "Ben, are you nuts?" I said, "Yeah, about Jesus." Mm-hmm. But you know one thing: when I see Jesus Christ face to face. I will not have a hung down head because I was treated because of my color. I did this wrong. I did that. No, no. I cannot, first, I can't retaliate. That's God's business. That's his business. I can't seek vengeance. That's God's business. Therefore, I live with tears anyhow and go on. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'd been dead a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so the slave, as without sophisticated theological training, he got a glimpse. God Spirit gave him the big picture concept, and he lived with that. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing lesson for See. us today. Yes. Just amazing, Doctor Doctor Ben. I wonder where our time is slipping by, and Michael, you sense it too. I think we need to ask Doctor Ben to sing one more of those spirituals for us here before we have to leave today. All right, I'll sing one uh, that uh, uh, it's very good. It shares how what we went through. It's called. Every time I feel the Spirit, every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Upon the mountain my Lord spoke, out of his mouth came fire and smoke. Then in the valley on my knees, I ask the Lord have mercy please. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I feel 
feel the spirit moving in my heart. I will pray all around me. Look so shine. I asked the Lord if all was mine. Jordan River, woo, Chilean cold, woo, kills my body but not my soul. Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. And that's what we do. Oh. Sometimes you sing with tears falling on the cheeks, Mm. back lacerated, maybe couple fingers cut off. Mm. Sometimes the foot goes on and rain no more. But we we would sing in spite of the pain. Mm. And we still do that. But those who don't, they're all broken up, then out of shape. Yeah. And we need to learn that and apply that to our situations as well. Because some of us think we're enslaved mm-hmm. to culture and mm-hmm. to, uh, to to other things. And we need to realize we have one master. He's the only one that owns us. That's He's right. the only one that allegiances do to. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can find a song in there somewhere mm-hmm. to sing. Well, Ben, thank you so it's much a for, joy. It's for a sharing joy. your life and sharing yeah. your gift with us, but just for, for being who you are and being here yeah. with us. Yes. It's a You're joy. A good brother. Thank you. All right. Yes, what a great time in the Word today here in the studio with Michael Card. If this time together each week is deepening your understanding of the Bible, please let us know. Our email address is simply in the studio at michaelcard.com. Your comments, Bible questions, and prayer requests are always welcome, so get in touch with us at in the studio at michaelcard.com. Now, details about this radio outreach and Michael's music and teaching ministry can be found online at www.michaelcard.com. We hope you'll learn about all the unique resources we've developed to help you grow in your faith. Before we take a break, we have time to hear another song performed at Cedarville University. Let's listen to Michael's song based in Psalm 139 called, Search Me and Know Me.
And if I say the darkness will hide me, the night will shine as bright as day. So search me, Lord, and lovingly lead me in your everlasting way. Music from Michael Card in conversation after these messages on the Moody Broadcasting Network. What is the glory of God? An important question that will shape our next session of In the Studio with Michael Card. We'll start the hour with an in-depth study of Exodus 34 from a Biblical Imagination Conference. Michael will focus on Moses asking God to show me your glory. Then singer-songwriter Nathan Tasker explains how he makes the mission of the art house come alive in Nashville. We'll wrap up the hour with a thought-provoking discussion of modern worship. Details at michaelcard.com. And welcome back into the studio with Michael Card. Mike, one of your projects, or a couple of your projects that we haven't talked about much, but are very popular with people, are the lullaby projects that you've done. Yeah, those have actually done... Uh sold more, been more popular than, than the ones that I've worked so hard on, you know, trying to exposit the Bible. So it's a little frustrating, but I'm still glad that you know, well, people they, like Well, they really have a place in a ministry in people's lives. Obviously, sure. here's a note from a listener who says, Dear Michael, I'm really learning a lot from your discussions, so knowledgeable and down to earth. One of your tapes, Sleep Sound in Jesus, I feel were, these songs were very instrumental in helping my granddaughter to become the spiritual person she is mm. since she has listened to them every night since she was two. Wow. And when she feels overwhelmed now that she's 17, we go back and pull the tapes out and play them for her to reassure her. Mm. I found them to be great gifts for new parents in the hope that they would use them to bring their children closer to God. Mm. Well, I've always felt, Wayne, that people underestimate uh, children and their ability to understand things. We never talked baby talk to our kids, never talked down to them. And I tried to do that in these lullabies. You know, there's some fairly deep, truths in there and uh, and I hope the the young woman in the email I hope you know she took in you know more than she knew that some mm-hmm. seeds were planted and and gee if this is true and that now that she's 17 there's some sort of you know crop yeah. you know yeah. from those seeds sometimes that, that we don't realize what has been sown and and uh, yeah. is being reaped in our lives yeah and yeah. music has a wonderful ability to get down deep hmm. and uh, and I, I pray that's true and if it is true we have you know certainly only the Lord to thank for that his I wonder, word I wonder if you wouldn't do a couple of these for us these Absolutely. lullabies uh, the first one is wordless ones yeah. which you say is a, is a baby dedication type yeah it was a song I wrote uh, for our oldest daughter when oh, we dedicated her in church okay. yeah all right let's listen here in the studio a lullaby Wordless Ones, here's Michael. In your loving arms we lay This wordless one so new The incarnation of our love We dedicate to you Hopeless yet so full of hope We make our solemn vow Not knowing when the time will come Not even knowing how And though it seems we try to make A promise that is true We really only claim for them The promise that is you In 
this wordless one so new, the incarnation of our love we offer up to you. The holy sleep which falls so deep, a blessing from above, will now embrace our little one in simple trusting love. We offer you this child who's only ours for just a while. How could we keep it back from you when you gave your only child? In your loving arms we lay this wordless one so new. The incarnation of our lot of people recognize that, of course, from the lullaby Sleep Sound in Jesus CD from Michael Card, Wordless Ones. Thank you, Michael, for singing that right here in the studio. By the way, before we go any further on the CDs, there are some women singing on those CDs. Mm-hmm. So there's two of the projects, right? right? The very first project, uh, we did this a long time ago, a Betsy Hernandez from mm-hmm. a group called Silverwind mm-hmm. uh, sang. And then uh, the, the later project, uh, Christine Dente, who is really, I think, still my favorite female singer, uh, she did the she did the female vocals. Well, that was one of the questions this listener asked about the lullaby projects. Yeah. What other kind of feedback have you gotten from uh, this ministry? Well, things that I would have never dreamed. Um, you know, again, I'm I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking the practical purpose just of music to make them go to sleep, right? <laughs> and then hopefully, you know, we'll weave into that some biblical, you know, uh, food so that mm-hmm. you know that can become a part of the way they think and. Uh, thing that they uh, meditate on as they as they drift off to sleep. But I've had letters, Wayne, from adults who were abused as children, and a lot of times uh, that abuse took place at night or just before they went to bed, which mm-hmm. is of course an unthinkable mm-hmm. thing. And and so one of the the byproducts of this of this kind of abuse is um, these these people have difficulty sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many people have said, I, I've I've been able to sleep. You know, because of the context of these lullabies, and and hopefully it's also because there is some meat to them. It's not just baby sure. lyric. Right. But um, a, a lot of people have have written and said that that has really sort of won back uh, their their time. And you know, if I if I could have known that, I would was, have never been able to write. <laughs> it's totally unexpected. Oh, but how rich is that? Oh huh? yeah. And and the other really painful thing has been the people who have written. That have said uh, we play this or that lullaby at the funeral, at, at funerals of our infants, mm. and uh, you know, again, oh, you could have never yeah. concentrated and written knowing that they'd be used that way. But I'm glad they are used that way. We're going to ask you to sing one more of these lullabies in a moment, and then afterwards, uh, speaking of children, mm-hmm. we're going to pay a visit out of the studio. One of our rare, uh, you know, on location mm-hmm. interviews. To the Mercy Children's Clinic here in Franklin. Right, and we're gonna we're gonna hear some children that are beyond any lullabies. No lullabies <laughs> will make them stop crying. All right, let's listen to Michael sing this one. It's called "Even the Darkness Is Light to Him." Even the darkness is light to him, and I 
it is as bright as the day. So you are safe when the light grows dim. Even the darkness is light to him. The Father above does not slumber or sleep. He wakefully watches our ways. Then there's no reason for you to weep, for the Father above neither slumbers nor sleeps. So dry your eyes of angel blue and trust the One who died for you. Jesus safely keep the little ones He loves asleep. Even the darkness is light to Him, and night is as bright as the day. So you are safe when the light grows dim, for even the darkness is light to Him. Even the darkness is light. Well, Michael, let's continue talking about children in this half of the program today, but in an entirely different way, because we've talked about the Mercy Children's Clinic before Mm -hmm. on the broadcast. Actually, now we are standing here at the Children's uh, Clinic. We're actually here in in a building that a group of uh, men from the Empty Hands, I don't know how many years ago, walked around and claimed and prayed (laughs) for this building. This is such an exciting story. It really is. It's amazing to see it now full uh, and and up and on its feet. Well, just walking up here today and you relating the story of how this building came into the hands, you know, of the Empty Hands Fellowship and and eventually became the Children's Medical Clinic, I saw the glow on your face just recounting the story. It's it's an amazing story. Denny and, and Scott and and two or four of us are walking around. We're com- we've come to the auction. We have no money. We've come to this auction with no money. And uh, we see two men that we know from the community who are looking to buy the building, and they start uh, competing with uh, with each other to us, can we buy it and, and rent this building to you? So that's how... That's how we got in the first place, and now uh, because of some generosity, some other story people, gets even better, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, we, now we own this building. So <laughs> it's incredible. Amazing. Well, we are not alone. Uh, no. As we talk, you may hear some of our young patients, some of the young patients of the clinic behind us. I don't know what state of uh, <laughs> that they'll be in, but you may hear they them. They sound healthy to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what I sound like when the nurse approaches with a shot, so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens here. Yeah. But we're also joined by uh, Dr. Tim Henschel. Uh, Tim, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, we've uh, heard so much about you through the years. <laughs> Good to meet you finally. Nice to meet you all And well. also Brant Bousquet is here, uh, who's working with the Children's Medical Clinic. In what capacity, Brant? I'm the Director of Development, and I do the fundraising and marketing and community relations for the clinic. Okay. Well, Tim, you're one of four pediatricians who gives your time to the mm-hmm. clinic here. Yes. Why do you do it? What is it for? And what's God doing here? Well, it's a, as Michael was saying, it's, it's a pretty amazing story. There are, um, there are four of us here who care for, for kids now. I'm, I'm the one that's full-time. Um, we're all on staff. This is a, everyone here um, who sees kids, for the most part, is paid staff. This is, so it's not a volunteer-based clinic. We do have some volunteers that do help out. But um, basically, I'm here because this is where God told me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sitting at a, a youth conference. My wife and I have been youth volunteers for seven years with our church. And uh, was just kind of praying at the end of my residency, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to start this clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of said, what? <laughs> um, you know, that was not my plan. That was not my idea. That was not you know, my vision. But it went from 
this idea into just a burning passion. And the first person I talked to about that, actually, um, outside of my wife, was uh, Scott Rowley. Mm -hmm. And um, we prayed over it and talked about it some more and got together a few months later and prayed about it and talked about it some more. And then he said, well, there's a group of guys that have been getting together called the Empty Hands Fellowship. Why don't you come and share this vision with them? Mm -hmm. And that was in January of uh, 1999. And November 1st, 1999, we saw our first patient. Mm -hmm. So very, very quickly, God provided the people, the infrastructure, um, yeah, and the patients. We always knew the patients would be here. Um, quite honestly, I never realized how many would be here. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's been amazing to, to see us over the past four and a half, five years now yeah. really grow. Well, Brent, why don't you describe the community here and, and what the what the passion is to reach this community through the clinic? Well, the clinic itself is located in a historic African-American community neighborhood called Natchez Community. And, uh, but also, because Franklin's a small town and a lot of typical southern towns, you've got a low-income neighborhood, and then a block away you've got antebellum homes that are million dollars, um, you know, perfectly restored, pristine, and all that kind of stuff. But we have a real heart for the community here, right here in Franklin and in the, the, the Natchez community. Um, for example, a real neat thing we did recently as an example of this is across the street is a, some property owned by a liquor store, and there's a warehouse that's been in horrible disrepair. And this street is kind of a gateway into the neighborhood, and so slowly, you know, as we've built this building out and redone, redid it. It's and a beautiful building, by the way. It? Mm-hmm. it is. We've had Girl Scouts come in and do landscaping for us, and... Um, you know, that, that building across the street was just been a real eyesore. And so we've always had a dream of painting it and redoing it just so it would look nicer. Even though it's probably about to fall apart, at least it would look nicer coming in the neighborhood. And uh, a youth group uh, locally joined with us, and we were able to, to paint that. And um, and it's we get comments all the time from kids in the neighborhood, families in the neighborhood saying, gosh, that looks so much better. Mm-hmm. And um, it's we really care a lot about the kids and families right here in our backyard, as exactly. well as we're reaching out to 23 counties mm-hmm. all around us. Well, share with us uh, what you were telling us before about uh, that this is justice. This is justice in action. It really is. And I, I love to, to share that with people um, that come and take a tour of the clinic that um, this is really a, a, a good picture of God's heart. Um, mm-hmm. Our clinic, we serve primarily children in TenCare, which is Tennessee's Medicaid program. That's about 60% of our patients. And then we serve uninsured um, children as well, families that have no insurance. And uh, that's the bulk of who we serve. But we also serve children with insurance. So it's a kingdom clinic, too. It's not just for low income. It's for everyone. Mm-hmm. But the um, thing that I think is so wonderful is whether you have no insurance and you're dirt poor or whether you're on TenCare for whatever reason, you're in the Medicaid program, you're getting the same quality of care. Mm-hmm. And all of our doctors are Vanderbilt trained. Uh, we've got this beautiful facility that's just first class and um, all with the love of Christ. And um, to me, that's the heart of God, giving the best to children, regardless of the background. And um, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Dr. Tim here, and we've got one of your colleagues over here, too, Dr. Tim. Um, that's right. That's Dr. Caldwell. Looking through she's, the chart. She's, she's, through the chart. she's working, and she's shaking her head no. <laughs> Don't talk to me. I'm on task. <laughs> 
But, and we have a, a, a patient who's temporarily unhappy in the other room over here, but you're going to make things better for that little one. I, I believe someone's going to make some, something better, yes, <laughs> but we're hoping to, but it, 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 it may or may not happen. We'll see. <laughs> and during the interview, Wayne's actually going to get a flu shot. This is the first. Yeah, you want to hear some crying. You'll hear some crying here. <laughs> well, this is such a remarkable experience to be here after learning about this through the last few years and hearing Michael talk about it. and. Just to see the heart, you know, to see underneath what's holding this up. Uh-huh. We know it's the Lord, right? But He's got to use people, mm-hmm. and uh, you're some of the people, and it's just a remarkable story. What are some of the needs that you guys still have, just so that people that are listening can know? Well, of course, we always have financial needs, and I'm the money guy. <laughs> um, but uh, financial needs are, are always important. But I want to take a minute to ask your listeners for prayer. We yes. really need prayer. That I mean, as a a Christian clinic, of course, we, we trust God for everything. Brandon, I'm looking over here on the wall. You've got a, uh, a whiteboard over here with prayer requests, yes. answers yes. to prayer and prayer requests yes. written on it. You don't see that in every doctor's office that you no, walk you into. No, you don't, unfortunately. Mm. And we as a staff gather in the morning um, before the patients come, and we pray. We pray for the families. We pray for each other. We pray for anyone we know that has commu- in the community, even if they're not patients here, that we know needs prayer, whatever the needs are, we lift them up and commit our day to the Lord and just pray that mm-hmm. we can be the light and love of Christ to everyone that comes in the clinic. Mm-hmm. Good word. But you also need help in many other ways. And, and two reasons why we're talking about this, Michael. One reason is that hopefully through all these stories of what the Empty Hands is doing here in Franklin, we can engender others to think about their communities yeah. and what could be done what God may be calling them to do in their communities. And these stories are terrific uh, help in that regard. And there could be some young uh, medical students like Tim who are just wondering, where do I go from here? And uh, and maybe this is something you need to pray about. Right. And then we love to provide information for listeners of how they get involved in ministries like this one. Correct. What are some of the dreams and hopes and plans that you have, Tim? Well, you know, it, it's interesting that you asked that question. Um, you know, here in our facility, uh, my desire and my vision for this place is this would be a hub. And by a hub, we talk about a facility that has expanded services. We already offer counseling services, uh, Christian-based counseling services, social work services. We'd love to add um, case management services. That's kids. We have a high number of kids that are uh, chronically ill with major medical problems. Um, so, you know, one of the ways we'd love to grow and expand is to have somebody who can help us manage those issues. Um, those kids have a lot of home health care needs. They have a lot of specialist needs, a lot of uh, medical and, and uh, pharmacy needs, and to have somebody who can kind of oversee that and, and make sure those kids are getting to the right appointments and, and, and getting in here when they need to um, would, be, would be really vital. But that's the hub. But when you have a hub, obviously you have spokes that go out from the hub. And, and the vision is that we take, have a hub here in Franklin, but that we would have satellite clinics out in the community mm-hmm. that would be smaller versions of what we do here. And we're um, prayerfully considering some places right now, even in, in Middle Tennessee, how can we, how can we begin to, to, to do that? And then as that begins to roll on down, uh, as Michael mentioned, there may be some people who have a heart for, for doing this in their own community. And um, I would love to see us even take this model of a hub with satellites and, and you know, God willing, would replicate that around, around the, the southeast and, and the country and, for that mm-hmm. matter, the world. Mm-hmm. I think, as Brand has talked about the model, um, the model being the, um, a, a kingdom model where we're talking about um, people who have, have nothing, people who have a great amount coming together under the same roof, receiving the same high-quality care, can be replicated anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it happen in Africa. I've seen it happen here in Franklin. And if it can happen in, in Ethiopia, I believe it can happen mm-hmm. just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It's really Isn't there amazing a clinic to see in Kenya? There's a clinic in Kenya that bears our name. 
um, uh, I, I went this past February. I was with a group of men that went, uh, a group of men and women, I should say, that went on a trip to Africa. Yeah, we and had a little report about that. Yes, trip, we did. Actually. We yeah. did a little report, and and um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and but what was amazing about that was just seeing um, God's goodness there. My reason for going was to look for opportunities for Mercy Children's <laughs> Clinic um, to have an impact there, mm-hmm. and we are. There's mm-hmm. a, a, a children's clinic in a place called Cabera, and you probably. Some of your listeners may remember us talking about that, mm-hmm. and um, uh, run by one nurse and one receptionist, mm-hmm. and she sees about 30 children a day. Wow. And I had the opportunity to go and spend uh, part of a morning with her and see a few patients. And uh, that clinic now um, is called Mercy Children's Clinic Cabrera, mm-hmm. um, through some fundraising we've done here to help them purchase some property there. And, and so it's been a, it's, a, it's a neat ongoing relationship. We're looking at doing some additional trips there and. And um, maybe Lord willing, bring some pediatric specialists over there to, to see kids there as well. So we're we're looking at at, at expanding locally, globally. Um, there are a lot of different ways that, that we can have an impact both both in our community and uh, worldwide. Mm. Now we have a link to your website on our website, uh-huh. but Brant, why don't you give uh, the website information for the Mercy Children's Clinic? Our website is www.mercychildrensclinic.org. And for all of you English majors out there, you there's no apostrophe on the web. <laughs> that was my next so question. So it's just mercychildrensclinic.org. And you can get information about the clinic and learn more about our history. You can see pictures of Dr. Tim mm-hmm. and the other providers and, and folks on staff here and learn about um, different needs that we have and um, lots of fun stuff on the web. And, Brand, are you open to getting questions from listeners around the country who are oh, interested sure. not only in helping here, but what they can do in their communities to do something like what you're doing here? Definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's very helpful. Michael, we've got just a moment left, and I know how deeply you feel about this ministry. I just wonder if you would pray for these men and mm-hmm. for the whole staff here as they go about their work today. Yeah, let's pray. Father, thank you for this place. Thank you for your provision. Uh, but thank you more for your presence here that... that uh, um, that this is a kingdom ministry, that, that uh, rich people and poor people, uh, the only thing they have in common is that they're sick mm-hmm. and that they can come here and, uh, Jesus, you're the healer, but that they can experience healing, they can experience your love, mm-hmm. they can experience a place where they meet. Uh, the only thing they have in common is their need, and that's why we come to you, Lord. So we thank you for this place. It's, just, it's a parable mm-hmm. of your kingdom. And, uh, and so we ask boldly for provision uh, for the future, for the, for the needs that we have. Mm-hmm. We ask that the vision would go out, that people listening, uh, their hearts would be moved. And uh, people with medical skills and administrative skills, people with uh, gifts in terms of finances and, and organization, um, just people with, with mercy gifts mm-hmm. uh, might come together uh, as, as this vision goes out. But thank you for these men who've given everything. Thank you for the women, uh, for, the, for the doctors, for the, uh, the, the, the nurses who work here, for, the, for the, all the caregivers. Uh, thank you that so many years ago your vision was granted, uh, that the vision you gave to Tim was granted, that, that it would actually uh, be incarnate in stone and brick and tile and chairs and uh, medical supplies, but, but people. So thank you for this place, Lord Jesus, and, and thank you for loving us so well uh, through places like Mercy Children's Clinic. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Dr. Tim, it's time for Michael's shot now. <laughs> Do you realize that uh, Michael was one of our first patients? Uh, we actually gave him a flu shot a couple of years That's ago. That's right. We, we literally just opened up. Okay. And, uh, 
<laughs> so I, I, I go, I'll go warm up, I'll go warm up the, the serum new. right now. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good shot giver. <laughs> And just for the record, neither Michael nor any of us got flu shots that day. We recorded at the Mercy Children's Clinic. But what a great time hearing about a very practical demonstration of God's love at work in the Franklin area. A link to more information about the Mercy Children's Clinic can be found online at michaelcard.com. Part of our mission is to spotlight how God is at work in the community of believers, and we hope you'll take a moment and let us know your story. Send us your comments as well as your prayer requests and Bible questions to studio at michaelcard.com. Here's a message that came in. This listener writes, I listen to you on WRVM, Surin, Wisconsin. I really appreciate you and your heart for other people. May God continue to bless you in your work. Your program always makes me stop and think about where I am spiritually. I've learned a lot in the past year that I've listened. Well, by God's grace, we hope to continue to create more programs that help enrich your walk with Christ. So please let us know that you pray for us. Send your email to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. And through the web, you can stay connected with all that's going on with this broadcast and much more. We're found at www.michaelcard.com. Now, if you missed any part of this broadcast or if you need to listen again, we hope you'll take full advantage of our radio archive. CD copies and printed transcripts of this or any in the studio session are available to order. Also, I'd like to point out that we've developed what we think is a great way to extend the impact of this program because each week, Michael has prepared scripture and thoughts that coincide with this broadcast in what we call an e-devotional. Information about this helpful resource and a complete listing of Michael's music and books, including an eight-CD teaching set on the life of Simon Peter, can be found online at michaelcard.com. The scripture texts used on today's broadcast were from the New Living Translation. Our producer is Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for being with us in the studio with Michael Card. In the Studio with Michael Card is a production of Community Broadcasting and the Moody Broadcasting Network.